Hello, my name is Isaiah Learman. I'm an eighth grader at Boston Latin School. Like many other students around the world, I spent the last 18 months remote learning because of the COVID pandemic. My city decided it was the safest choice for everyone, but I truly did not enjoy remote learning. I missed enjoying the school atmosphere every day. I miss friends, sports, and just hanging out with everyone. Going through lockdown, I realized community is the most important thing for me. It really is something I need personally, and I'm sure some of you might need. I also know some people do not need it as much and prefer just to be alone. But it was great to realize that I have found this out about myself. Now, some parents may not like this, but playing video games was a great source of community for me. <laughs> playing with my friends was a way to communicate and hang out with them without being in the same room. Take away some of the screaming and yelling through the headsets. It was a fun time. Uh, community me makes me feel calmer, happier, and more centered. And for Old South, that was weekly church school. It was nice to know that every Sunday, the same people would be there. And even if I don't remember what we talked about in the past weeks, it just felt good to know that they would be there. It was also great because I could drink some tea and sit in pajama bottoms during the Zoom church school. Sadly, my mom says I can't do that anymore. I do think it is really interesting to talk about the Bible and stories from the ancient world. But what really made me happy through the pandemic was just knowing that a group of people would be there every week at the same time for an hour and that I would leave church feeling much happier. Uh, I would like to end by thanking all the teachers of church school and Kate for organizing and keeping church school going over the pandemic. Thank you. These 18 months have been difficult for everyone. It's hard to see the light right now. It's hard to find that wisdom. It's hard to have faith that all things will be well-ordered because right now, they're just not. I was furloughed back in March of 2020. And to be frank, being ordered to stay at home, isolate as much as possible, and only have close contact with a select few was like a dream come true. <laughs> I really value my alone time, and I need quite a lot of it. My furlough was brief, though. I returned to work about six weeks later and have been at work in front of people for the duration of the pandemic. At first, it was still very quiet, eerily quiet sometimes. We did most of our business over the phone and internet, but as the city started to reopen, people started to return. And I have to tell you, dealing with people is hard right now. I'm sure you've heard stories about people in customer service getting treated terribly, Businesses shutting down because customers are behaving so badly. Servers walking away from their jobs because they cannot take another day of being treated with such disrespect. 
And I'm here to tell you that while some of these extreme examples are outliers, people in customer-facing roles right now are being brutalized. Isolation has left people restless and impatient, and we're taking it out on each other. It's hard to find the light right now. It's hard to know where wisdom can be found. It's hard not to let yourself think that evil will prevail. But if you look for it, there is wisdom to be found. Keeping to ourselves is not how we are called to be. Canceling St. Patrick's Day and marathon parties, smaller Thanksgivings and Christmases, while necessary, affected us in ways deeper than I think we can understand right now. Because that's not how we're meant to live. We're meant to gather with those we love, and even total strangers. Not just in small, intimate groups, but enormous crowds. We're meant to line race routes to cheer on total strangers. We're meant to push our tables together to make room for the family we only see once or twice a year. We're meant to go out into our cities and towns to interact with new people and smile at total strangers. And we, my Christian siblings, are called together for worship. It's hard not to lose sight of how much we need other people. Our society is built to lift up the individual. We're programmed to watch out for ourselves and those closest to us. And the pandemic has only reinforced that idea. And while it's true, and important to remember that Jesus said, where two or three are gathered, there I am among them, Let's also remember that time he fed 5,000 people all at once. We're not built for isolation. It's in community that we gain our humanity. Please be seated. Good morning. I'm Katie Malliel, and this is my husband, Jake. We are excited and amazed to be here in person today. And two of our three children are here with us, Emmy and Juji. Before the pandemic, we attended first worship regularly and usually arrived remarkably early thanks to this guy. <laughs> I'm a school teacher at our daughter's school and Jake works in real estate investments downtown. I've always enjoyed listening to the celebration of life services since they started a few years ago. Hearing the perspective and stories of my fellow Old South members at different stages in their lives has always been interesting and illuminating. At the same time, today's service reminds Katie and me that we are no longer as young and youthful as our minds think we are. Our station in life has us positioned in the back half of this service, which in theory means we have figured out some things about life and may have some wisdom to impart. When Catherine asked us to speak about what wisdom we had gained during the past 18 months of pandemic living, we honestly were gonna say no. We had no courageous stories of helping out our neighbors. We didn't stitch hundreds of masks and mail them around the country. We didn't organize Zoom sessions with church friends to keep in touch. In fact, if I'm being honest, I absolutely dreaded the Zoom calls that we were asked to join, all of them. Staring at a screen hour after hour didn't fill an interpersonal void in my life. 
it only reinforced to me the isolation that we were dealing with. And it was soul-sucking. We had no road to Emmaus story to celebrate. We just had a road. Sometimes a road is just a road. And we just put one foot in front of the other and kept moving forward along that road. During the pandemic, Jake and I were fortunate to be able to work from home. I taught second grade French immersion remotely to 36 kids, including poor Emmy, who had to have her mom be her teacher for a good part of the year. I was regularly working late into the night, preparing lessons and creating virtual assignments. During the school day, I was 100% focused on engaging my students online and troubleshooting their Chromebook and Google Meet problems. I have no idea what our fourth grader, Naomi, or kindergartner, Juji, were doing during the day. Luckily, they were able to go to my in-laws several days a week, which were the only days I knew that they were logging on and participating in school. I lost my three remaining grandparents during the year, and at Christmas, we had to give our sweet pandemic puppy away to our neighbors due to allergic reactions in our family. Basically, I was, like so many were, exhausted, anxious, grieving, just treading water day to day. After an entire life of attending church almost weekly, we found ourselves adrift. Yes, Old South Church did an excellent job putting together the pre-recorded services. The children's sermons were incredible, and we, were, we watched them over and over. Kate and team did a wonderful job coming up with online programs for Old South kids to stay connected. But after an entire week of remote school for the kids, remote work for Jake, remote teaching for me, the idea of additional screen time on the weekends for our family was just out of the question. Instead, here's something that we started to do more intentionally. We talked every night about counting our blessings. There's a children's church song I learned a long time ago called Count Your Blessings. You may know it. I won't sing it. But the words to the refrain are, count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. And it may surprise you to see what the Lord has done. During our nightly bedtime prayers, we count our blessings and start to name what we're thankful for. Health at a time when many were sick. Family at a time when many were lonely. A cozy house at a time when many were unhoused. Siblings to play with when playing with friends wasn't possible. Employment at a time when millions found themselves out of work. Quality virtual education when schools around the world didn't have any online infrastructure uh, to speak of. Resilient teachers who adapted their routines on a dime. Food when many were hungry and on and on and on. We'd always ask God to remind us to remember to be grateful for what we have and not greedy for more. We prayed every night for the doctors and nurses taking care of COVID patients and the scientists across the globe racing to find a vaccine. And we put one foot in front of another and just kept moving forward. In my mind, that was all we could do, day by day, week by week, month by month, one foot in front of another. I actually don't know if my faith was strengthened during the pandemic. 
That's why I felt like we probably weren't great examples to showcase on this first Sunday back at Old South. How is it that an all-loving God allowed nearly five million people to die, many of whom never had a chance? How is it that our family gets to count all these blessings while another family does not? Are we better or more deserving than they? Of course not. Maybe it's why we're back here today, because we are still figuring it out ourselves. Yes, we're parents, and yes, our station in life keeps getting pushed back later and later in services like these. But unlike what I thought when I was a kid, parents most certainly do not have all the answers, not even close. Still, with all due respect to what's outlined in the bulletin, I think we will always be in some form closer to the growing up and finding our way side of the, of the program than we'll ever be to the settling down and serving. And as long as we have more questions than answers, we'll keep coming back here trying to figure it out. Thank you. Good morning. You might expect a reflection on growing older in COVID time to include a look back, and it will. But first, I want to connect with Sean's sermon we heard last month from Proverbs. Lady Wisdom or Lady Folly? I came away wondering about the attractions of Lady Folly and how they contrast with wisdoms. Today's scripture is from Wisdom of Solomon. Just before that, at, at verse 22, we find a long list of wisdom's virtues beyond knowledge. Things like subtle, loving the good, beneficent, humane, steadfast, sure, and free from anxiety. These days, I hear a few of my nurse colleagues are tempted by Lady Folly to follow fear and anger and hostility in response to vaccine avoidance. Thank you, Sean, for telling us about Lady Wisdom and warnings about Lady Folly. We say that Old South follows the science, and we do, and wisdom furthermore. Today we read that nothing pleases God so much as the person who walks with wisdom. Next, a quick look back to just a few months ago. Amelia, our adult daughter, became eligible for the COVID vaccine. Rock and I were thrilled, relieved, and very much pleased as well, as many of you with younger children soon will be. And I was reminded of another set of parents, thrilled, relieved, and very much pleased when little Stevie and his big brother, Davey, were getting vaccinated against polio. I don't remember that it was really polio, but it must have been since we weren't about to take a trip overseas. We were already living overseas. I wasn't starting school. I was homeschooled. I knew little about polio, so it must not have just registered. This is what registered. My parents were pleased, thrilled, and relieved. And that night at bedtime, I do remember, including the corpsman who gave us the shots, among those, and God bless. And after Stevie had fallen asleep to mom reading his bedtime poem, which was wink and blink and a nod, I got mine. The 23rd Psalm was in regular rotation at my bedtime. I was starting to read, and I knew that it was for me, 
for me, although I knew that by then some who recited it failed to include the beginning. They started with the part that goes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I knew it was mine, for I could read and, and knew that it actually began 23, a Psalm of David. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. This was a gift from God, delivered by church and by my mother. It's written on my heart. It was with me during the entire Cold War, with me to Vietnam and the Gulf, through the epidemics of polio, and AIDS, and now COVID. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Please say amen. Amen. Thank you.